Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Joining us now on the hotline, the former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer, Chris Powell. Chris, welcome back. Hey, Will. Great to be with you. So, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, any any uh, any thoughts on Memorial Day or any reflections uh, you'd like to share? You know, I <laughs> I, I saw a, a news story. I think it was from the New Haven Register saying that a oh. uh, hundred people had shown up for a, menor- a Memorial Day event uh, there, and I was thinking a hundred people. I mean, that's all we got. Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, you know, I think we're taking the uh, the holiday for granted, uh, but yeah, I guess I did too. I so, well, I saw it was um, one of the late night hosts. I forget his name, but he said uh, he felt like, man, what a what a um, a letdown. You know, he was he was giving a talk, and he said, you know, look up here. The only people up here are veterans and their families. You know, why why aren't we as a nation? Why aren't we more rallied? You know, and, and John Stewart, I mean, he's a liberal anyway, which is fine. But I, I had to say amen to what he had to say because I'm saying, why isn't there more, why isn't there support? I mean, I was at a, a massive event, obviously Sunday, and and the, and the amount of emphasis they place on Memorial Day, honoring the fallen, the amount of emphasis they place, place on the active duty people that are there, to, in which it's a global event. I mean, I, I, I feel like... We're so forgetful. You know, we, we saw banners on 9 11, we'll never forget, right? Well, we all, we all forgot. You know, we, we still have a thing at church every year, but I mean, those, those events you can count on less than one hand now in Connecticut. So, yeah, uh, I'm afraid it's just another holiday uh, now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we still have a lot of active duty service people in, in dangerous places. Uh, we're still occupying part of uh, Syria right now. Does anybody care? I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's get to, to to current in Connecticut. We'll say that current in Connecticut, uh, big big election races right now. Um, I was very encouraged. I saw a poll. Q poll came out. Um, only a ten point lead for Richard Blumenthal over over Themis. And let's be honest, right? Nobody's paying attention right now. People don't start paying attention to elections until at least after Labor Day. So so I think the polling that comes out now is is somewhat meaningless. I think the uh, uh, and there's so much time, right? Um, uh, so much can happen in politics in three months, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, it must be an eternity in regular time. Um, but the 5th District is, is a hot district, and it's it's the incumbent Democrat, John Hayes, being challenged by uh, Republican George Logan. And there's been a, there's been a fluff up about 
you know, wh- whether or not George lives in the district, doesn't live in the district, um, uh, and, 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 you, and you've recently read about it. So uh, w- tell us about that. What's going on with that situation? Well, I, I just thought since it's likely going to be the most uh, competitive congressional race in Connecticut, it ought to be the most uh, serious one. But <laughs> it's, it's not. The, the two big issues in the 5th District campaign so far uh, have been that uh, uh, the Democratic incumbent, Johanna Hayes, uh, put uh, two of her kids on her campaign uh, payroll for relatively small uh, small amounts and you know properly reported it it's not the best looking thing to do but yeah. it was it was legal and i suppose she's entitled to uh, have uh, you know campaign officials uh, she has uh, trust in but the uh, uh, the republicans made a big uh, issue of that and now the uh, democrats are making a big issue of uh, logan's having moved from uh ansonia to to meriden yeah. uh where he's running the house so that uh, he can say that he's living in the district. I, you know, there's you know a couple of things wrong with this, and uh, the uh, uh, the first is that Connecticut's a very small state. There, I think there's at least three distinct periods in our history where we elected all our members of Congress on an, an at-large basis uh, because we didn't think that there was so much local variation between yeah. uh, areas in uh, in Connecticut. You know, Logan was. Originally from uh, Ansonia, he's moved to Meriden. They're both kind of gritty mill towns with sure. uh, former mill towns with sure. similar challenges. Uh, you know, they're only 20 miles away uh, from each other. Uh, the districts are fairly similar. The the uh, the fifth is a little more uh, rural than the third, where the Ansonia uh, mm-hmm. town resides. But uh, uh, you know, are we are we really uh, that parochial in uh, in in Connecticut that we? We care about uh, uh, exactly where the, the guy lives. You know, secondly, uh, uh, there's, we, we act as if there's a constitutional or legal requirement that a member of Congress live in the district from which he's elected, but there is no such requirement. The Constitution requires only that uh, a member of Congress live in the state from which he's elected. Uh, you, you don't have to live in the congressional district, but, you know, we make a big deal of it if you don't, but... Uh, there's no uh, no constitutional re- requirement uh, for for that, uh, and we uh, we used to uh, at different points elect everybody from the whole state rather than from from a district. But you know, I just think these are pretty trivial issues. And then the uh, the, the Democrats put out a uh, an attack on on Logan, likening them to uh, the Curious George uh, monkey, <laughs> which was. Kind of stupid because uh, Logan is black and Monkey has right. been a disparagement for black people for 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 a long time. Oh and gosh. you know, but Hayes herself is black, so you would right, think, right? Right. I mean, you know, the the Democrats would be a little you know wiser to to this kind of sensitive, stuff. Sensitive. Yeah. Uh, but these are the big issues in the in the fifth district. Does anybody have anything to say about uh, you know inflation or, uh, or, or or gun violence or? You know, stupid imperial wars. Uh, I haven't heard it. No, no. But I mean, really, why why talk about things serious? It's only a congressional election. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like it's a big deal, right? Um, it's well, funny you, you say know, that. Logan, cause, I mean, Logan is a former senator, state yeah, senator. I I like him. I think he's a great candidate, you know, and I he's, think he's, he's going to he's qualified. I think he's going to give uh, Hayes a run for her money. I really do. As I think Themis is going to give Richard a run for for his money, as the polling seems to be indicating again early. 
I, I really, I don't know if you agree, disagree. I really don't think people really tune in, the average person, not people like us, but the average person doesn't really tune in until after Labor Day. No, but the you know potential you know campaign donors uh, tune in, and the interesting yeah, thing yeah. about the Quinnipiac poll last week, it found that Senator Blumenthal's uh, approval rating uh, was only two points favorable. It was something like forty-five uh, approved of his uh, of his performance and forty-three disapproved of it, right. which is extraordinary for somebody who's uh, you know been in uh, elective office in Connecticut for something like thirty-seven years. Uh, that his uh, his approval rating is is barely positive, and uh, this uh, you know makes you think, geez, Connecticut, uh, you know, getting the uh, you know Blumenthal fatigue here. Well, I mean, I think I read over the weekend. I, I I was kind of removed from news and and media over the weekend, other than motorsports. <laughs> I think I read that the lowest the lowest his approval rate has been since he was elected to the Senate. Yeah, it, it suggests that he's vulnerable. And then there was the uh, uh, Channel 8 uh, Hill-Emerson uh, poll two weeks ago that you mentioned that uh, showed Blumenthal leading uh, Claritas uh, by only 10 points. Uh, uh, when she, You know, at, the, at this stage when she hasn't even begun campaigning, uh, I think she's amazingly uh, close to him. Uh, you know, the problem is uh, we don't know if she's going to be able to raise enough money to... Uh, yeah have an effective campaign, and I still haven't heard her say anything of any substance. Yeah, well, again, I think people people shy away from controversial things this early because they're really just working for their base, right? I mean, in Themis' case, she's going to have a primary with uh, with Peter Lamage and uh, Leora Levy. That's going to take up some time and money. So she's really got to just, uh, you know, work hard to the base to get the nomination at this point, which is which – is, uh, you know, I, I hate the whole process sometimes, but I think Themis is the best possibility to to unseat Blumenthal. But you know, we have such a low threshold to make primaries. I think it's a low threshold that uh, we're going to burn up a lot of time and energy and money, more, more importantly, resource on on a primary. But you know, there's some question back to the residency. There's been some question for two years where Chris Murphy lives, whether or not he even lives in Connecticut anymore. Yeah, that's. That's true, and if, as I, if my memory serves here, I believe uh, Murphy himself, uh, back when he was uh, running for uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, he moved once right. in order to, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he take care Cheshire, of right. uh, a redistricting problem. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's okay when Democrats, you know, move for districting purposes, but when a Republican does it, it's a it's a crime. And we should make a video game. Where in the world is Chris Murphy, right? Where does he live? <laughs> Who knows, right? I mean, again, I think in this case, I think it's a pretty petty thing with the Logan thing. But maybe maybe Democrats internally know that she's vulnerable. George is a great candidate. And he's, he's, he's very knowledgeable. He was served as, as you said, a senator years here in Connecticut. Um, I've been saying for, from the beginning that with the economy as bad as it is, inflation, gas prices, food, uh, wars, rumors of wars, with things as bad as they are right now, I've, I've told people, if you've ever thought, Republicans, if you've ever thought about running dog catcher, I don't care what the position, this is your year to do it because I think the economy and just the uncertainty of everything is going to have coattails in the election. Well, Even in a state I, like I Connecticut. 
you know, we if ever we should have competitive elections uh, in Connecticut, this this is the year because national circumstances are so bad. On the other hand, yes, uh, a, a columnist for the New London Day, Dave Collins, uh, uh, wrote the other day that uh, you know, bad as as some Democrats are, he could never vote uh, for uh, Republicans even in Connecticut because the the National Republican Party is so offensive to him and it just you know occurred to me that you know well this this means because uh you know for him anyway that uh you know oklahoma and mississippi republicans are outlawing abortion uh he has to vote here in connecticut to uh to give the government employee unions uh continued control over state government that doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me well again i think the abortion thing is going to be a smokescreen for a lot of democrats because clearly even if the opinion went as the, the leaked draft indicated, the only thing it's going to do is return the ability to make decisions back to the states. And the states that are big on abortion are going to stay big on abortion. The states that you mentioned, Mississippi, or Alabama, Texas, states that are going to be more restrictive are going to be more restrictive. So this ruling is, is, is not going to outlaw abortion as, as being claimed by Democrats. And they're using it as a fundraising tool, more, I believe, more than anything. Yeah, but but even more than than that, uh, I, I tried to argue in a column the other day that here in Connecticut, uh, it's the Democrats who are the extremists on abortion. You've yes. got the yes. our two senators and even the governor supporting uh, the congressional legislation, the so-called Women's Health Protection Act, mm-hmm. that never mentions women after the title. It, it <laughs> refers to uh, women as as persons, as if. Uh, you know, we have to provide for transgender men having 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 children. But that yeah. legislation that our two senators and uh, all our Democratic members of the U.S. House and the governor's support would allow abortion right up to the moment uh, of birth. Yeah. Uh, and it would prohibit uh, parental notification laws. Well, uh, don't look now, but uh, most people in Connecticut, the majority opinion in Connecticut, as nationally, uh, is against uh, post-viability abortion and is for parental notification. Right, right, and that right. Is, that is the position that uh, the Republican nominee for governor, Bob Stefanowski, has, has taken, which is basically the policy set forth in, in Roe versus Wade. But in Connecticut, it's the Democrats who go far beyond uh, Roe versus Wade. They, they, they want uh, post-viability abortion, and they, they want to prohibit uh, parental notification. That's mm-hmm. the extremist position, and that's the Democratic position in Connecticut. But, Chris, in California, this is what's frightening. In California, there's a bill out. It's California AB 2223 that wants to allow killing of babies up to seven days after birth. Forget about abortion. Now we're talking infanticide. Now, I know California, that's where most of the nut cases reside, and I know all of the crazy stuff comes out west and then it, it, it ekes its way across to the East Coast. But, I mean, this is insane. There's actually people who want this kind of legislation. So, I mean, the extremism, as you said, is not on the Republican side. It's largely on the Democrat side. And, I, again, I go back to the money. It's bi- abortion's big business. Planned Parenthood makes the vast majority of its income every year off of abortions. So <laughs> I, I don't know how, how thinking people would say, well, I can't vote for a Republican in Connecticut. 
Because is it right that we want to we want to abort up to the time of birth? Is it right that these people want to allow for a seven day waiting period to decide if the baby's going to live? I mean, if that's yeah, well, extreme, I, I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, there there is plenty of extremism going around the Democratic Party. I I just hope that Republicans in Connecticut will make a note of this. Yes. Will make an issue of this that. Uh, the, the abortion extremism in Connecticut is a Democratic Party phenomenon. But uh, do, do the Republicans have the courage to discuss abortion to any extent? I, I don't see that yet. No, I don't either. But I would say, though, I'm looking at all the races, and, and we're a deep blue state. What a difference. I spent you know five days in Indiana. I met a, a congressional aide uh, for the Indiana senator while I was there. And um, it, it's such a culture shock difference between... Indiana, Connecticut. You know, years ago when I went to the race, years ago I would say I was from Connecticut. They, oh well, you know, because they think everybody's rich from Connecticut. At least they used to, right? Now I say I'm from Connecticut, and they go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I get sympathy because I'm from Connecticut, right? Um, but I would think of the three races that I would pick. I would say that the the race for governor, the uh, the race for for the Senate seat that Blumenthal now holds, and the fifth district. If there's ever going to be what we can be considered today upsets. I think those are the three most likely possibilities. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Blumenthal seems to be vulnerable. Uh, certainly there's a whole bunch of issues he could be, he, be, he could be challenged on. Uh, but will, uh, you know, Themis uh, have the money to uh, raise a, to wage a serious campaign? And uh, does she have the inclination to, uh, you know, strike on uh, on some of these issues uh you know we're just going to have to wait to 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 see that but uh you know when when uh blumenthal was attorney general he he was attorney general for 20 years he was elected i guess five times uh he joked once uh that uh, one of his young kids uh called him the eternal general (laughs) (laughs) not really understanding the difference between the word you know attorney and, and and eternal well uh, out out of the not, mouth of babes, Chris. Out of the mouth yeah, of babes. Well, you know, he's on the verge right now of becoming the eternal senator too. Uh, so uh, you know, if 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 the Republicans are ever going to you know move against him, uh, when, when now's the time to do it when his approval rating is so poor. Now's the time, absolutely. Chris Powell, former managing editor of the Drunk Wire, always a pleasure, Chris. I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Will. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.